Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast, creating pathways, connecting people to Christ, to others, to purpose. Welcome to the new year and welcome to the Christway Connect podcast. It is fun to be together, fellas. What's up? Josh, Deli, Arnick in Happy studio with me. And I would, I have a request that you sing the song you just sang. What was it called again? Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. You guys aren't telling me. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Everything is awesome. We were pegging out the red. Shout out to the Lego message. Is it Lego? Is that Lego movie? Yeah, Lego movie. Okay, sorry. I I know every great movie starts with a black screen. I know that Lego movie. Yeah, I know that Lego movie, Lego Batman. I am unfamiliar with the original. With the original. whatever that one and was. And Arthur, too, guys did. So you have something to do Something this week. to do tonight. Yes. Go home and... And why, dear friend, you ask, are we talking about... Legos. Legos. Yeah. Yeah. The I wonder Lego if anybody message. remembers. Tis the, Lego the year message. of the Lego. Yeah. It is the year of the Lego, right? So I was talking about on Sunday. By the way, today we're going to talk about Sunday's message. So awesome. uh, it was uh, January 1st, and you can hit that the same way you're listening to this at uh, Christway, Christway.net or uh, however you listen to podcasts. What is it on? Podbean, right? Podbean. Podbean. Yeah. yeah. So uh, when I was a kid, I remember going to Chinese restaurants, and that's the only place I ever saw them, I think. And you have a placemat, and there's, you know, whatever year you're born, the year of the monkey, the year of the rat, the year of the maybe dragon. I don't know. All, the, all those different I things. I was the snake. You were the snake. Just so everybody wants to know. You know. Do you know what you were, anybody? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. But hey, I'm, fun I'm fact, Kelly was okay, the rat. Okay, here we go. The year of the I panda. Was the year of the bat, man. You were the year of the panda. <laughs> the bat. I don't, I don't know. I don't so, know. Uh, anyway, I was the monkey, and I thought year of, this is the year of the Lego. We're calling 2023 the year of the Lego here at Christway uh, because of connections. Mm-hmm. And I had a green Lego, and I had a black Lego, and they were big, chunky things, but they, well, they fit together, black and green. They, in fact, do. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what we were discussing and a lot of where we want to go in this coming year is around connection. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, That's always been a value for ours. So if you have never been in our building, you would see, uh, if you're facing the platform, you'd see to the left, you'd see three banners. One says salvation, one says freedom, one says redemption. And then on the right, you would see a mirror of those banners. And it would say connected to Christ, connected to others, connected to purpose yeah and so uh the real value one day it struck me i was in the middle of a message or something up there and i looked over and i'm like our value is right there the word that's on every banner connected yeah so i think that's our mission you see our mission is the big three salvation freedom redemption and then what's that look like it's connected to these other people but what what is it uh what is it that we actually value and what do we work on? So in discovery, we talk about that where I say FedEx, uh, FedEx, uh, their promise is packages delivered on time. Their business is logistics. And so I lift that for Christway. Our promise is abundant life or life to the full. Our business is connections. So what we around this table particularly and many others that support and help us we work on connections, creating pathways, connecting, connecting people. people. Connecting yeah. people. And I think I said that Sunday, we can't make you go down, and we don't really want to yeah. force march you down the path. We don't value that. But we do value the opportunity to provide a path for you and uh, and see you go down that. So uh, anything resonate from you or what 
Well, just piggybacking off what you said, it's not just connections. But I'm, I'm, I feel like this has been driven into my psyche. There's times I wake up in the middle of the night screaming, connected to <laughs> cop, 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 cop. I'm constantly telling the people that do announcements. Cop would be Christ, cop, others, Christ and others, and purpose. purpose. Yeah. And uh, it's so important, in even relating it to the scripture, that you, that's the first time I said cop. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I've ever heard you say that. Yeah, cop. That's what he told me to remember it. And I'm just, yell cop, not for the reasons you think. But uh, <laughs> Christ, others oh, purpose. Uh, it's so it's so important that it's not just that we're teaching connection. The connection is specific. And so when you look at those banners, I believe it's on the right side of the stage, uh, from the audience perspective, it's to Christ, to others, and purpose. And I was thinking about what you preached, Genesis 2 and 21 through 3 and 8 was like the main scripture. And when you put those two stories together, at the end of chapter 2, it talks about Adam and Eve um, and them being bone of bone, flesh of flesh, and this is the reason why you'll leave home and all of us are married, so we've been through that experience. And cling to your husband, cleave to your husband or your wife. But something interesting happens at the end of that second chapter. It says they were naked together, so they weren't ashamed. And I, that kind of hit my mind hard about connection and being connected to the right things. One chapter, they're connected together and they're not ashamed of nakedness. The same nakedness when they get connected to the serpent, to Satan, becomes a, a, a source of shame. Yeah. And so sources of shame, if that makes sense, coming not necessarily from what has happened in your life or what your current status is in your life, but the people or the things that you're connected to and the viewpoint it gives you. And I think that that speaks to Christ's way and what our values are, that we don't... <laughs> We don't wait till people change to accept them and to give them a sense of value and belonging. It's before they change, just being connected to us. And I thank God for that. Um, just being connected to Christ and his righteousness is what makes me righteous. Not because I'm perfect, but because he's perfect. So I just see that as a value of, of connecting to the right things and certainly I could go on all day about connecting to the wrong things and how things about you, your viewpoint changes when you get connected wrong. Uh, that's what happened with Adam and Eve. And yeah, mm -hmm. I think that has a sense of purpose for that scripture. Mm -hmm. Cop. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to yell it one more time. <laughs> so when you, uh, uh, there's a place of innocence that's one of the things that's important is righteous. When you're made righteous at salvation, righteous does not mean good. Righteous means innocent. Right. I'm made innocent. And I'm not innocent, but I'm made innocent. I'm seen as innocent. Mm -hmm. And just walking that journey and internalizing that and doing business with that. And then the freedom that comes from that. Right. Salvation done well breeds freedom. Right. Yeah. Because you're not hiding and you're not ashamed all the time. That's what that's the opposite of it, right? Freedom and shame, right? So you it's almost like when when Paul asked the disciples of John in Acts nineteen, he says, uh, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? 
And they're like, we didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. And then he says, well, how were you baptized? Right? He realized that if you're not living in the Spirit, right. then, oh, a different question now. Is it like, I'm going to back that up. Then, then how are you baptized? Trying to connect it to Jesus, right? And Jesus and his promise. And, and so when people aren't free, I think we can look back and go, what's the foundation of your salvation? Right? If we're talking banner two, are you free? And you're not, then I often wonder, then what's the context of your salvation? What is earning you salvation? What's checking the salvation box for you, right? And if it's works or, you know, you're just hustling or you're hanging on by your fingernails or you're, you know, God, please don't uh, come late in the week. Please come back for your church on Monday or Tuesday because I'll have a better chance. Like that kind of silly stuff, you know, (laughs) which is true. People just—they're they're so tenuous about the fact that I believe in who He is. I say the—I say the most difficult part of sal- about salvation is how easy it is. It's mm-hmm. so counterintuitively easy. Yeah. yeah. Too easy. And we complicate it. We make well, it. because it makes feel good to complicate it too, yeah. right? Like we, mm-hmm. you know, make it a little harder and earn it. Yeah, because then it then it becomes harder. It becomes something we can get. We can go get as. Or be worthy of. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I think uh, we uh, we make this thing so so much bigger than it is, and it's hard to accept simple things because we don't live in a simple culture. Everything's complicated. So um, or there's strings attached in a way. Yeah. That, like that we can just yank on them a little bit, and it's pulled right out from from underneath you. And I think about that in my own my own story when when you're you know we're talking about this felt no shame believe you know like you were born without shame pretty much is what what I'm seeing and that is you were created to not have shame and um, and how it can, it can I was looking at John 10 and, he, and the thief comes to steal kill and destroy and I think about mainly stealing like he, he's even talking about how. Thieves uh, come and they rob and and the, you know they haven't listened the she they haven't listened to the sheep or the right. the sheep haven't listened and and all this stuff so, and he's talking about how the thief comes in and steal kills but I've come to give you life and so yeah, I think Lord. about I think about just stealing like you said that innocence right stealing that little bit away from you and and even sometimes you can even push your own self away sure. from that, right? Yeah. From being self condemnation. Yeah. That, that is shame. Yeah. yeah. Like you push Condemning it away. Yourself, yeah. And for me, I've uh sometimes I'll pull the rug <laughs> I'll pull the rug back and like, look, it's still there. I'm actually I'm still I still should be feel shame because it's right here. It's not gone anywhere. Hmm. And instead of actually like just laying it down and be like, yes, it is still there, but it's covered. And so um I think it kind of it goes back to what are you believing, right? What are you believing? that it really is removed as far as the East is from the West, <laughs> that I remember yeah. your transgressions no longer. Yeah. Like that's, it comes back to that belief, right? Can I say this about what Deli just said? And I'm just sitting here thinking and admiring hearing that perspective. And I mean this wholeheartedly, that it's amazing that while we all can default to systems of shame, which Andy identified as something within the self, it's a whole other thing to watch that, thank God, we're coming to a time with that, that frankly, that mess that the church has pushed for so many years about incentivizing shame is gone. Mm-hmm. Because 
on the one hand, just as a human being, you can default to shame based upon your upbringing, based upon school, based upon just the whole idea of shame on you culture. But it's another thing that, and I know Andy can relate to this, that we come from a culture of church that almost incentivized shame. That a great deal of that was a shame culture. And to be like, I'd say probably in my life, about five years removed from that, every time I think that that's still not a part of the way I think, and my lowest points, I tend to default to that place, not as a source of shame, but almost like a crutch to lean on. Oh, I'm ashamed of myself. And such, I just have to say that it's beautiful to come to a time in Christ where I really believe that that Joel last days, if this is the last days, I don't know. The pouring out of the Spirit of Christ, I, be, I believe a big part of that and so many diversities of people coming to Christ is that that shame stuff is finally getting out of the church. And the incentive to say that that somehow teaches us to be better people, to walk around hating ourselves almost. I mean, I hope that makes sense, but mm-hmm. just to hear hear you speak, Deli, mm-hmm. I still see a, a, a default to say, to be quick to say, no, nah, I can't be in shame because that's how you came to Christ. Mm-hmm. Whereas I grew up in the church and it's like everything is shame, yeah, shame, yeah. shame, shame. Yeah, I've Free luckily been able to, I've luckily been able to not grow up with that yeah. perspective and that dynamic in a sense that I've, I mean, I remember talking with Lawrence and a few other people like just that, man, you're lucky you don't have to unlearn those things, right? Like, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm grateful, right? That's exactly what I'm but saying. It, but, it's yeah. still, but it still can be there. Yeah, and, and even trying to, sure. to, when you're discipling people, right? Like discipling them of like, well, you're, you, weren't, you aren't where I am, you know, or you haven't gone through those things. I'm like, yes, I understand. But that, that's, God does not bring upon condemnation to you, right? Absolutely. Like he didn't yeah. come into the world to condemn the world came to save it clearly it says that yeah right like yeah so and that's where that's that that saying that andy you love to say is that that there's a difference between condemnation right and (laughs) and and your identity and and not and not walking with that right yeah 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 failure and shame failure is what you do and uh, shame is who you are Mm -hmm. so shame becomes identity yeah yeah, it's easy to weaponize that. I was in a group, a uh, freedom group once, and uh, we were talking about unloading shame, right, and unloading that resentment that we have toward us and how it's weaponized against us, all those things. And uh, a a brother that's been a follower of the Lord for a long time, just it was, a, it was like a blurt out. He's like, well, then what do you say to people when they do wrong? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and everybody looked at me. It was funny. I was at the end of the table. Everyone, like, glanced down and, like, <laughs> like that's yeah. how to say. I'm like, uh how are you doing? They do something wrong. Like what I said the other day, like, you how, said that Sunday. how are you yeah, doing? Yeah. Okay. You know, it, you didn't get this done or it didn't go right. Or you failed at something. Okay. Well, how are you? Yeah. You know, to say, well, shame on you. What in the world? Like, no, I mean, I get it. I get, I lived it, but yeah, I just, it's, that's, that's not a value here. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes just a moment or two to recognize it's not a value of Jesus. Um, I didn't come to condemn the world, right? Mm-hmm. Paul says, I, Paul was a train wreck, man. He wrote Romans after doing two missionary journeys. It wasn't like new convert first book. 
And the reason Romans is the first one you read is because it's the biggest one. It's the longest one. That's, that's the reason they put it according to chapters, right? So it wasn't chronological. So Paul's got a couple missionary journeys under his belt and writes Romans 7, the, thing, the famous, the things I don't want to do, I do, and what I want to do, I can't do, and wretched man that I am and all that. That's the end of 7. Mm-hmm. How does 8 start? There is there, and it's the end of seven. There is therefore now no condemnation in the more Christ Jesus. That's right. He's tying it all together. Yeah. Well, and I would even say he's speaking speaking the truth, right? Like because the transparent truth. Yeah. What people will do is they'll just stop right there at chapter seven. I'm wretched. You know how 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 stupid am I? How annoying! I've done this again and again and again. Which is shame language when you're like, I can't believe I. Yeah. How about this? The the, you know this adage. You hurt me once. Shame on you. You hear me twice. Shame on me. Shame on me. That's yeah. it, exactly. Yeah. Right. And then you start to resent yourself and beat yourself down. I and I can't believe I. Just listen yeah. to your pronouns, the yeah. pronouns. I can't believe I. And in addiction classes, man, we do this all the time. We talk about this all the time. But there isn't that much difference yeah. between the people that sit in this auditorium on the other side of this wall mm-hmm. or, or a next step classroom or any classroom, for a matter of fact. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you made reference to that. If you could, by the way, guys, if you did not listen to this Sunday sermon, you can go listen to it on podcast or Christway.net. I was listening to the sermon while I was uploading it. And I, I mean, I guess this is just one of those emotional times for me. And I was really choked up by that because there's so much, there shouldn't be no kinsmanship between the addiction culture and the culture that we promote in the church, but they're not much different. So in the church, we call it a stronghold. We call it a stronghold, <laughs> yeah. right. Right? Christianese. Yeah. yeah, we got language for it. Yeah. Yep. And we're all looking for acceptance and belonging community. And I think part of it is, I was telling someone this afternoon before I came here, that we talk about acceptance, belonging, community, and to make a difference, A, B, C, D. I've been in church cultures, and I think this is what we're talking about with the condemnation thing, that when you fit our community, C, then we will give you A and B. Mm-hmm. Right? There you go. Yeah, well, that's not the way the letters go. They go A, B, C. Mm-hmm. And uh, you and I were talking the other day at breakfast, mm-hmm. Josh, and I said, I feel like Christway is an experiment. I feel like it's an experiment in can you build a community of faith from loving people? And if I recall, your quick reply to me was, that should not be an experiment. (laughs) Yes, it should not be an experiment. (laughs) That's pretty clear in the scripture. That's what we're supposed to do. Everything is love. Mm -hmm. He is love. And we just can't. We're not just here to build community. We're here to just love people. And community will come out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we don't build community to sheriff well. I'm not sheriffing. No, no, no. I, you know what? Part of the reason I don't want to sheriff—not, I mean, I don't want to sheriff—but I don't think it's effective. I just don't think. I don't think me coming alongside and motivating—it's called contingency management in addiction culture, right? Where you give someone a sticker. Hey, you did good. I give you a sticker, right? That motivates people. That's the dopamine hit, the release, and all those things, right? Or to chide you or to strong arm you. I just don't believe in any of that mm-hmm. as the long term life change thing. Mm-hmm. But I do believe when you, I do believe the Holy Ghost can do that. I do believe the Holy Spirit can come and change your life yeah. Yeah. and actually do that. So I don't want to be in the way. That's really what a lot of that is. I just want to love you so that you will know you're loved here so you will come close to the fire. And let the Lord touch you. And I don't want to be the one. God help us. Really, I mean that, truly. I do not want to be standing at some judgment something whenever 
and say, Andy, there were thousands that wanted to come to me and you were just in the way. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not interested in that at all. Like, yeah, I don't want that. No. I want, You're actually making it a lot I, harder I want to be, yes. And I said it Sunday. People don't self-select out on a Sunday, mm-hmm. meaning they want to come on Saturday and Sunday morning they get up and they're like, well, I want to go to church. Anybody that ever says that should be able to go to church, man, mm-hmm. and know that I'll be accepted there. Accepted there. It's not, the, it's not Jesus that they self-select out from. No. Mm-hmm. No. It's, it's us. It's, the, it's people. Yeah. yeah, it's the people in the church. Not us, literally. Interesting that you mentioned uh, Joel chapter 2. So uh, uh, the two books that we were talking about that I wrote uh, a few years ago, right? One is about uh, freedom you get from giving forgiveness, and the other one is about freedom you get from receiving forgiveness, letting yourself be forgiven. And the title of that book is called A Shameless Revival. And it's one of the early chapters is Joel chapter 2. So it says, uh, verse Verse 25, it says, I'll restore to you the years. This is beautiful. I'll restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, right? The crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust. And the way I was taught is these locusts that just eat everything. Like one hits the bark, one hits the buds, one's got the branch, one's the roots, like just, and you know, the palmer worm and the caterpillar and the king, all those things we learned out of King King James, right? Yeah. Yeah. all, All this. My great army, which I sent among you. You'll sh- you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who's dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame, it says. Verse 27, then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God. There is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. It says it twice. And then verse 28, which everybody can quote, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And that in the premise of the book, I'm like, after what? Literally after the shame, shame is taken away. Mm-hmm. Right? Good. Once we have, I'm beating the table. I'm like, come on, somebody. Hey, well. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> like once, literally, I'm slamming the table. Once we get past that shame, yeah. there is easy outpouring. Yes. Yes. Because people can be in the space and there are blocks. There's not junk. You just open vessels of the spirit to fill. Yes. Yeah, and that is a shameless revival. That's the revival meeting, you know, the old school revivals, man. That, that's what I want. We're praying about outpouring, and I want a place where there is no shame in that spot. Yeah, and it's amazing. Those old school revivals, when we take tents out and go into the streets, for two days, the church would become what it was supposed to be. You could be a, a, a drug addict, or you could be a drunkard, and nobody turned you away. And then we would convert back just two days later to all these qualifications. And I'll tell you what, I feel like Paul in that sense. Not to liken myself to Paul, but I was trained. And Paul said all these things. He said at the feet of Gamaliel, he was uh, circumcised on the eighth, eighth day. day. He, he was this grand person, and he used a word, we would use a different word today that I won't use, but he counted it as dung. That's the King James version of it. Mm-hmm. And I looked back, and I was just sitting here listening to you and Deli talk, and I asked myself an inner thought question. All the things I was trained to do for 35 years in my life in church, would I trade them for the last seven years of trying to live a shameless existence and just depending on Jesus. 
I'd give it all up. I'd give up the music. I'd give up everything I learned in those first years just to know God, how I've come to know him, mm-hmm. and to not feel like I'm always trying to keep up with something that I need him to keep up with anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the point. That's the whole point of Jesus. We couldn't keep up. And you preach that very beautifully. You talk about it in Discovery. We've got Discovery coming up. I don't want to get the date wrong. It's what? January 29th. 29th. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love that part of Discovery mm-hmm. where you just talk about we could not do it. That's the point. Mm-hmm. No matter how good you are, we can't be righteous without Christ. And I... I Hey, I love my childhood, but I would trade it every day of the week for what we have uh, without the shame being there. Yeah. And when you get that kind of salvation, but you feel like you got to keep it up, keep it going. I just ask folks, I I, I don't know, uh, does that sound like good news to you? I mean, really, the gospel is good news. and, And I'm not trying to be snarky or anything. I'm just like, what you just gave me as what's getting you to be in the fold of the kingdom or what, you know, saved or whatever. Mm-hmm. Does that sound like good news? Cause yeah. it sounds like pressure. You mean the bad news? Does that sound the whole, uh, <laughs> Hey, we're, we offer Christ to you. Now you probably are still going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds pretty bad. I'm that thinking about like a passage news. in Romans where it says the kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, mm-hmm. but it says, it says righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy ghost. Mm-hmm. Which means now, because Holy Ghost is in heaven. That's now. Mm-hmm. Kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy, and joy in the Holy Ghost now. And look at the progression. Righteousness. When I'm innocent, and I know I'm innocent because he says I am, and I can live in that space, the product of that is peace. Mm-hmm. I am at peace. right? But it's about the innocence. Can I allow him to hug me? And the back of the book, the back of that Shameless Revival book, it, it's stuff that I preached everywhere, these, these two things. Um, uh, Jesus uh, uh, loves me. There's nothing I can do to make him love me more. Everybody's pretty cool with that. There's nothing I can do to make him love me less. Not as cool with that. You get the rocks. They're just not as cool with that. Nothing I can do to make him love me less. Like, it's, it's tenuous. Mm-hmm. And that's how it feels, except it's not... Mm-hmm. And maybe we in our own human culture as dads, as parents, as siblings, maybe our love was conditional with our kids, even as much as we love them. You know, we, I don't know, we get in our own way, right? So sometimes we do that or people have done that. Broken people, right? And uh, Melinda was shooting me a note the other day about some of the foyer in the hallways, right? You know, and we've talked about that tagline for this assembly, broken people, healthy church. Somebody asked me once, they're like, man, is that what you want to promote? <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I can say broken people without an iota of shame. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when I realize how broken we are, I am, and he loves me to the full, that's not weakening my faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's making that room beautiful. Just sitting out on the stage and coming out and leading worship. And it's one thing to look over a crowd and just see people that remind you of yourself. But when you look out over that crowd and you see that Christ is really enacting that in this space, that anyone 
that wants Jesus in their life, that door is open. That, that to me, is the gospel. And that's a win every time. It may not be the most popular win in our concept, but I think it's it's most in line with the scripture. You asked the question in the message, and I just I wanted to ask you this: Where are you now, and how that fits into the culture of what we're talking about? Uh, could you talk about that? Yeah, sure, sure. Bit? So the the where are you question is uh, God going through the garden? He knows where they are, right? So where are you? Mm-hmm. And they had shame because they hid, they covered up all that classic. Classic that we do. So where are you? So I thought that is really the question as a leadership team and as a culture and as a community that we should be able to be able to ask each other, hey, where are you? Where are you in our eight steps, right? The eight steps of the path, the three banners, salvation, freedom, redemption. Steps one, two, and three are salvation. Steps four, five, and six are redemption. I'm sorry, uh, freedom. And seven and eight, redemption, right? So they actually match the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They match the banners and what we're trying to do. So... The first one of those each, one, four, and seven. One, four, and seven are really great spots for us to be able to ask ourselves, where am I? What is one? It's attendance. Mm-hmm. Just being here on Sunday. So on Sunday, where are you on Sunday, right? You don't mm-hmm. have to be at church every Sunday. I get it. But like, where are you on Sunday? And, and I like to promote the maturity of not just coming to church because you need to come to church, but coming to church because someone else needs you. Yeah to come to church, right? And the maturity of that. So am I here on a Sunday? And people, I get it. And I don't have to be at church. Okay. You're missing the point. <laughs> the point is, am I with the body when the body's together? Hebrew speaks to that. We all know that. So that's a where am I on Sunday, literally. And that's the salvation banner, one, two, and three. The freedom banner, four, five, and six, which Josh and Deli, you guys lead that up, Mindy and Kelly, you guys lead that space. That is where am I Monday to Saturday? So if you ask someone, where am I? Step four, Monday to Saturday. What kind of group am I meeting? Who am I hanging out with? How am I connecting with other people? And we do small groups, right? We're about to launch that in February, a whole new version of that, right? And uh, that's an honest question. And I hope someone, when you say, where are you? They could answer, oh, well, I meet on Monday at Deli's house. Or, you know, we got that Wednesday thing at Josh's. Or I'm hosting something every third Saturday. Whatever, right? Yeah. Okay? And then the last one is seven. And seven is service. That's the step of service and outflow. And that's the house. That's service in the house. So service to the family, right? So then on Sunday, where are you? I'm in church. No, no, no. That was step one, (laughs) right? Where are you? Step seven is how are you facing someone's story? Like are you on the floor with children in the nursery every few weeks being a part of that story? Are you serving in the sound booth? Are you working lyrics? Are you on the stage doing music? Are you ushering? Are you hospitality? Are you welcoming? Are you making security? Are you working the facilities? Like there are how many? About 45? There's about 45 different, 45 to 50 different opportunities on a Sunday to answer the question, where am I? Because what I want to, and I probably didn't do this well enough on this past Sunday preaching, uh, just for sake of time, one and seven are not the same. Right. Where are you? Step one is attendance. I'm in the church. Where are you? Step seven. I'm in the church. No, 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 no. That was step one. Right. Step seven is where am I serving the family? Mm-hmm. And you know, this is a joke. I mean, I say it to him, but Chip, he eats like a, like a football team, man. And I'm like, dude. And sometimes I'll go up to him like, hey, pal. You have eaten a lot of groceries today. 
how have you served our family? You know, like, what have you done for the family? And that really is it. And if Christway is the place that you call your community of faith, I hope everybody's listening that, like, you've got a responsibility to put the dishes away, right? Wash the plate, like, help out. It's really see a need, hear a voice. Yeah. If there's a need in the nursery and you know it, step in. If there's a need in the someone needs to find a seat, I'm not the usher. You are now. <laughs> Right? You are now. Yep. Get up and help place. them. Yes. Someone's up praying. I'm not on the prayer team. Well, you are now. Yep. Right? And I don't think that's weird. To me, that is just so, like, obvious flow out It's freeing. It's freedom. And I think there's freedom to be able to serve where you feel the Holy Spirit leading you to serve. That's right. That's what we want as a connected uh, group of people, a connected community, is the Holy Spirit moving through all of us. There is no junior Holy Spirit or different Holy Spirit. It's the same Spirit that lives today that lived in Genesis with Adam and Eve, right? It yeah. is the mm-hmm. same God. So we trust that the Holy Spirit is working through you mm-hmm. and want you to serve in places where you feel led. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of that, you know, when we look for passion, I tell people, like, I just know what my passion is. What do you see? That is a great test of passion. So if you see something that is a need then it means it matters to you. Mm-hmm. I always use an example. My dad was a contractor and a painter, and he would go in a building, and he would check all the stuff out. Like he'd work at how they cut the ceiling and look at all. He'd look at all this stuff. He didn't mean to. He just did. Because mm-hmm. it mattered to him. Yeah. Right. And other people go in, they didn't even know the walls. One time, we, we, a couple of years ago, we painted the ceiling black. People would walk in there. I said, what do you think of the ceiling? But it hasn't always been black. Yeah. Uh, no, it was white. <laughs> like, no, it wasn't. So some people don't don't notice a thing, which is fine. But if you're like, hey, I see this need in kids, and the joke around here is, don't say that to Andy. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've heard that before. Don't don't tell Andy about a problem because he's gonna he will thank you. He's you. gonna thank you so much <laughs> for being a part of the solution. Yeah. But yeah. to me, and here's the reason, uh, God doesn't really. I mean, God can kind of do whatever he wants, right? It's such a gift to us, us internally, individually. Uh, when we worked with kids, right, and did the teaching with kids, it was astounding to me how much I learned. I learned working through a lesson, and not just in my delivery of the information, but in the questions I got from a, a Lily or a Zoe, or a, right? The mm-hmm. questions I got, and then you got to go, okay, different level. Mm-hmm. Growing me, yeah. frankly, more than happens on a platform on Sunday preaching. Mm-hmm. And what a gift. And also the beauty of being able to be a face in their story. And if they need prayer and you walk up, you're not just a creepy guy. Like they know, they know you. They know you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the strength of community. So I wish I could kind of like take that out and just inoculate people with that. You know, pop that in their shoulder and say, hey, this is why we serve. And this is why the call to serve is here. So where are you? Sunday, where are you Monday to Saturday, and where are you serving on Sunday? Mm-hmm. I stepped off the plane in 2012 in Mozambique, Africa, and the first thing we were told, we were going to missionary school there in the, at the time, the poorest country in the world. And the really? very first thing, yeah, very first thing that was said was, you all came because you want to change the world, but none of you want to clean the toilets. That's the first thing he told you? Yep. And... It's been with me since, like literally, because I did. I, I went, took my family across the oceans, and it was crazy, and I wanted to change the world and do something for the Lord. 
And that was the first thing they said to us. Nobody wants to clean the toilets. So there is something about that of there is work to be done. There is, there's 45 or whatever, 50 positions every Sunday that needs to be done. Well, and the scripture says where there is no ox, the stall is clean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have about 300 oxen here on Sunday, right, that come to the church. Like, you know, we got people that come into the church and they potty all over the place. Like, you got to help them, right? There's, yeah. there's people needed. And, and or the, the option is have, a, have the not messy church. Yep. Right, where everything's ordered. No, 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 no. That's not, when you defend space, you get messy. That's right. Mm-hmm. You get messy, and you gotta have the shoulders for it, and you gotta have the work ethic for it, and the love for it, and the space for it. Mm-hmm. We love kids here, and you know how we prove that? Because we just have we have family services where they're all in there. I do that every Sunday; it's my favorite time. Mm-hmm. I would take away personally all the <laughs> classes and all the business. Let's get the kids in here and let them feel what community is like, and singing with adults. They roll on the floor, yeah. and I have to tell people I have to convince them when they come in, young families. A young family came in with five kids the other day, and I had to convince them. I said, hey, listen, we are super good with kids. They can roll on the floor. They can play. If you need something, you can go to the nursery and get it bring it back. You, like, we, I'm telling you right now, we are good with them making noise. Those are the noises of life, yes. and we want them around us, and I want them sensing moves of the Holy Spirit. Yep. That's all got purpose and intention. That's a community. Yeah. That is a community. Yeah, so we are doing our best to build that. And I think some of it's still, you know, preaching, really, like preaching that message, which is what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Any closing thoughts? Because we're going to do about an hour podcast here today. It's about how long it's going on. Hey, you never know. Today, man. Hey, I just wanted one last thing is when you said this year, the year of the Lego. Yes. Um, the, earlier this year, I was in uh, the Mall of America in Minneapolis uh, traveling. And there were three of us together, all the same age, middle-aged men. And we went to the Lego store. <laughs> and if you've been to the Mall of America, it, it is a, you know, it's the biggest mall in where, you know, the United States or whatever. But uh, we actually went just for the cannolis. That's the only reason we went to the mall. We ended up at the Lego store. As and, God would have it. Yes. And at the Lego store, there is a 34-foot uh, Lego robot that was built with 5 million Legos. And I had a semi-spirit a spiritual moment not semi a spiritual moment there thinking look what all those little pieces can become yeah when they they come together and that's what i thought oh that's awesome, sunday man. i remembered that and i felt the lord just say look if we just start building if we just start connecting just watch what i can do we can be master builders man yeah <laughs> that's and awesome everything is awesome that's There'll awesome. be a link in the show notes to the Lego movie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All uh, proceeds will go to Christ Church. Right. We will be having the Lego movie movie night here. And on. then Sunday for worship, we That's will fun. open with everything is awesome. The awesome. last little closing thing I was just pulling up here was, um, first. so 1 Corinthians 13, right? Love, yep. right? Love is patient. Love is kind of, all, all those things. But right right before that in, in chapter 12 was just what what just hit me while we're talking about this body and being a part, right? And, and it's talking about just as we are a body with many parts. And, and I've talked with the youth with this uh, several times just in regards to um, trying to encourage them that they, like what you said, there's no junior Holy Spirit. Like they have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You don't get graduated to different levels uh-huh. of Holy Spirit, right? 
and um, that there are, I'm just going to read this, there, those that are, there are many parts that seem to be weaker are actually indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable are actually treated with special honor. And these parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. And so if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. So I was just thinking about that in regards to what, what all we're talking about with this connection and shame and, and shame, not feeling shame and just this, this body that we have. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pray, <laughs> even though okay, you were going to, you were already looking at me like I was going to or not, but I was feeling it anyway. So the Holy Spirit was already speaking to me. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and pray it, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, Lord, we, we thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit that you've given us. Um, you've imparted it to us and the fact that you call each one of us that is listening as indispensable, as special, as uh, you give us special honor, as, yeah. as, as little as we may feel, as sometimes the shame that we may feel. Yeah. Um, that you actually say that we are we are not ashamed. We we have special honor to do the great works of the body together. So as we are um, trying to figure out our spot, trying to figure out the passion, trying to figure out what we see and what we don't see, and and how we fit in, we we actually are completely grafted in. And it maybe it just takes a little time for our body to recognize that we're actually a part of it. And um, and so Lord, help us to to feel that connectedness, to feel that acceptance, to feel that belonging so that we know that we're a part of a beautiful community, a beautiful community that we can serve on a Sunday, beautiful community that we can serve Monday through Saturday at our own home, um, that we can connect to one another, help people know that they are worth everything. And then right after that is that love just embodies all of that, that love is patient, it is kind, it endures, that there is nothing that can separate us, no height, no depth, no anything, our past, our future, our present, any of that can separate us from the love that you have in us and for us. And so I just pray that over every person that is listening, every person that can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit right now like I do, um, just feel that and know that and love it every single second of the day. Everything that we do is because of you. So, yeah, we thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. 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 Yeah. We welcome you to be a part of beautiful community, and we thank you for being a part of beautiful community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, mm-hmm. fellas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you all being with us, yeah. and a happy new year uh, to you. Looking forward to... Uh, all that the Lord has uh, for us in this new year. Grace and peace. Until next time, take care.